The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Baggs. Tonight, the Rams got a major spark back last week, but can it continue? Plus, don't look yet. We're talking playoff races. And later, the Rams host a team that is from their original home. We preview the Browns at the Rams. Before we get started, RamsShowcase.com is where you can find the most up-to-date information about the podcast and uh, myself as well. Under that merch tab, RamShowcase.com is where you can snag your Ram Showcase t-shirts. We got two different styles in uh, three different colors, and they are absolutely awesome. We are foregoing a video version this week of the game preview, as uh, I thought I would be feeling a little bit better uh, coming off this surgery. Uh, but uh, forgive me, I'm doing audio only at least for one more week. We'll see what uh, happens in the future as uh, far as going into next week when the Rams are uh, heading over to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Also, uh, this does leave up in the air the uh, Mon- uh, the uh, Ram Showcase Live, the Monday stream uh, coming up uh, this next week, which would be the fourth. Uh, not sure if I'll be able to get that one in as well. Uh, so just keep updated with uh, the Ram Showcase socials. I do want to get back on there. I'm kind of antsy to get back on there. I'll be completely honest. Uh, but if you can hear at all that I'm talking a little bit funky, uh, yes, this is a post-surgery Sheriff Joe Bags, so we are uh, just doing our best, all right? So hopefully I'm not too difficult to understand or anything, uh, but uh, yeah, in a little bit of pain and uh, a <laughs> little bit loopy as well. So uh, this should make for some sick content. Uh, speaking of sick content, let's get to it. All right, so Pro Bowl voting is officially open. Be sure to take a moment to vote for your favorite Rams players. The Pro Bowl has definitely lost a lot of its real true hype, its real intensity and being super cool, uh, but uh, they they still talk about it when you're getting your gold jacket, so still extremely important, still worth it to get your votes in for your favorite Los Angeles Rams players. I did see somebody posting, uh, the, I think that the, the only big push that I've seen on social media as far as like trying to get a specific player in is uh, Ben Skoranek, so... That's awesome. Uh, I love the Scoplow. I'm definitely not anti-Scoplow, but if we're talking Pro Bowl here, uh, well, uh, get get those votes in, all right? (laughs) Vote for whoever you think is, uh, well, deserving of going to the Pro Bowl, I guess. And uh, let's also hope that uh, we don't see our Rams players there. Let's just hope that uh, we have to skip that because we got another game going the next week. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, voting is officially open, so definitely get those votes in. I don't know how limited they are on the the voting, by the way. Uh, At least it used to be where it was pretty strict. You could vote like one time per IP address. Uh, Now I think it's a little bit looser. Uh, I myself have not watched the Pro Bowl in quite some time, though. I think the last time that I actually sat down and watched a Pro Bowl, Mark Bulger was playing in it uh, as a member of the Rams. So what was that, Uh, 2003, I believe? It's been quite a while. I haven't cared about the Pro Bowl in a long time. But hey, it's still super cool and still definitely uh, uh, an important part of the NFL season. Moving on to Rams running back Kyron Williams. He did earn NFC Offensive Players of the, Offensive Player of the Week awards 
uh, last week for his performance against the Cardinals, where he had 143 rushing yards, 61 receiving yards, and did score two touchdowns through the air. Royce Freeman coming up and uh, helping him as well. 77 rushing yards on 13 attempts. That is definitely a pretty solid average coming out of Royce Freeman for sure. Moving into some transactions here. Not a whole lot as far as news goes. That's about what I had for you. But by the way, super sick to see Kyron Williams coming back and uh, having a big day like he did uh, with uh, 143 rushing yards coming back off an injury, coming straight off of IR into just kicking some butt cheeks off some Cardinals. So you absolutely love to see that. But getting into the transactions here, former Rams wide receiver Deshaun Jackson did retire from the NFL. Jackson officially made over uh, $91 million over his playing career but has now officially called it quits. Former Rams running back John Kelly does sign to the Browns practice squad. That is the Rams opponent this week, and John Kelly has been on and off of that roster for the last few seasons now. Texans did waive former Rams linebacker Corey Littleton. Haven't seen a wave of uh, players or, excuse me, fans uh, wanting to get uh, Littleton back, uh, but uh, former Rams cornerback Marcus Peters did uh, get waived by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Have seen a wave of this Although uh, the Raiders did waive uh, Marcus Peters due to his um, taking plays off. So I'm not sure if Rams fans would actually be interested to have him. I do know that the, the history of uh, Marcus Peters being a Ram does help, just like Corey Littleton does. And although uh, Corey Littleton not getting a lot of attention as far as like, hey, we need this guy back. Marcus Peters is, and I think a big part of that's his attitude and just uh, that he could potentially, with that attitude in the locker room, give a little bit of a spike to uh, the Rams secondary. Although I think that this Rams secondary has been playing so well the last few weeks. Why attempt to taint it with a player such as Marcus Peters, who might do more harm than good uh, where the Rams are sitting right now. Rams did also sign tackle Zach Thomas to the practice squad. So he is back around Rams corner uh, Rams sign cornerback Cameron McCutcheon, Cam McCutcheon back to the practice squad as well. So he was a preseason uh, kind of a preseason standout back out onto the practice squad now and uh cornerback Sean Jolly officially signed back to the active roster. So he was a uh, preseason as well and uh, did get cut after the preseason was over, uh, but has kind of bounced his way. Uh, I think he was on the practice squad for a short time after for a little bit. Then he was cut from that now back onto the active roster. So uh, cool to see Sean Jolly back in action. Uh, did get to meet his family out in Denver for the preseason game. And they were just so thrilled, super genuine people. So it's cool for uh, for that whole family to kind of get uh, Sean Jolly back onto an NFL roster. You know that they're absolutely pumped about it. That's good to see. Some NFC West standings. So the uh, rest of the West here, we got the San Francisco 49ers sitting at an 8-3 and three record. They did beat the Seahawks, and this week they're at the Philadelphia Eagles. Seahawks did, of course, lose to the 49ers uh, with that 6-5 and five record. This week they're on the road at the Dallas Cowboys, and that actually going down on uh, Thursday Night Football. Actually, as I'm recording this, uh, DK Metcalf is dropping a football. So that's pretty sweet stuff. I've got it on my phone next to my notes here. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, DK just uh, dropping dropping passes. If he wasn't so worried about just beating Akella Witherspoon, maybe the Seahawks could win more football games. The LA Rams sitting in third place, 5-6 and six record with that win over the Arizona Cardinals this week, hosting the Cleveland Browns and the Arizona Cardinals. 2-10 and 10 off of that loss against the Rams. And uh, now we'll head on the road to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So your Rams, the only NFC West team to play at home this week, hosting the Cleveland Browns. Like I said, we got at Philly, at Dallas, and then at Pittsburgh. 
So uh, tough games for the rest of the NFC West. Uh, tough game for the Rams as well. Uh, the Cleveland Browns will preview that here in a moment. Uh, but it does seem uh, it does seem nice uh, at least to have uh, the only home team of the NFC West. But that moves us into uh, the playoff race. All right, so we're officially talking about it as we head into Week 13. Of course, this is a topic uh, this time of year. I just I guess I didn't know if the Rams were going to be as uh, big into this conversation at this time of the year. So it is uh, rather interesting to see, and I'm uh, I'm all for it. So sitting right now at the number one seed is the Philadelphia Eagles this week. They do host the San Francisco 49ers, who do have the number two seed right now. So a really interesting game between the current one and two seed, and also the reason why, if you look at the distribution map for the Rams uh, that has been posted to the Rams Showcase socials, uh, that there's not a large area because that game is definitely taking up the bulk of it. Your three seed is the Detroit Lions, and uh, this week they do play the New Orleans Saints. The Atlanta Falcons slipping in at that four seed right now. Now, a little bit of jumbling going on in that NFC South, but they are at the New York Jets. The Dallas Cowboys sitting at the top wildcard spot and uh, currently right now hosting the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday Night Football, who are the sixth seed. And uh, right now, as I'm talking, uh, Seahawks got the ball at the nine-yard line, potentially about to score again, but uh, the, or the uh, Dallas Cowboys, excuse me, are up by 10 at this time. So if that holds, uh, that is uh, definitely a positive for the Rams, of course. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, by the way, sitting at the seventh seed right now. They are on a bye week. And uh, the Packers sitting the first team outside of the playoffs. They do host the Kansas City Chiefs, and that game takes place on Sunday Night Football. And then the Rams sitting at the nine seed right now against the Cleveland Browns. So if the Rams win, plus the Seahawks and Packers lose, that would be enough for the Rams to slip into the seventh seed. Vikings would move up to the sixth. And then at that point, the Rams would, in fact, control their own destiny. What you are sitting in the slot, then you officially do control your own destiny. So that is exactly what we're looking for right now out of this uh, LA Rams team. If we can get a win and both the Seahawks and Packers lose. By the time you hear this, I'm guessing that the Seahawks game will be over. So you will at least know that much of it. And the Packers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. So that does feel like uh, something that could reasonably happen. Although we did think that last week with the Packers against the, the uh, Lions on uh, Thanksgiving and uh, the Packers able to pull out the win. Eagles are the only team in the NFC that have a playoff clinching scenario, but that's not really relevant to the Rams. There is one of those uh, scenarios that includes the Rams losing where the Philadelphia Eagles would clinch a playoff spot. But let's be real here. We don't need to talk about Eagles clinching playoff spots. They're going to make the playoffs. All right. If the Eagles don't make the playoffs, something extremely catastrophic happened. And then we will talk about that because that will be that will be very big news <laughs> if the Philadelphia Eagles crumble so far that they completely fall off of the playoff race. So again, the Rams playing against the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are sitting in a in a playoff spot right now and are going to desperately want to hang on. The Kansas City Chiefs going against the Green Bay Packers. They are going to be jockeying for position as we get into the later parts of the season, especially in the AFC. Minnesota Vikings can't really help themselves right now being on that bye week, uh, but uh, Josh Dobbs with the four interceptions last week, he definitely is looking a little bit more mortal. And can we call him what he is? Like the 20s version of Ryan Fitzpatrick? He's just going to show up to new teams, play sick for a little bit, and then kind of fall apart. Uh, the Dallas, or uh, excuse me, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they are fighting the uh, Dallas Cowboys. They just did score a touchdown, so that is going to be a tight game and uh, a matchup that is going to be tough. But uh, again, the Seahawks have a pretty tough remaining schedule, so that is something to consider as well. 
Dallas Cowboys, I'm not sure if that is something, a team that the Rams could surpass, but they also already don't have the head-to-head advantage over the Dallas Cowboys with that loss earlier in the season. The Atlanta Falcons is a team that we can kind of keep an eye on as well because uh, when you look at the Saints and the Bucks behind them, that could be uh, teams that are kind of jockeying for position when we do get to the later part of the season. The Rams do play the Saints later on. Detroit Lions look like they'll they'll hold on to at least uh, one of the top three seeds, such as the 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, though, probably going to hang on to that one seed if I had to guess. Although this week against the San Francisco 49ers, that is one hell of a matchup and uh, actually some really good football to watch. But at the same time as that game is uh, the L.A. Rams hosting the Cleveland Browns. And uh, right on the other side of this break, we will get into our game preview. The Cleveland Browns coming to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. We've got that full game preview that's coming up next right here at Ram Showcase. The Los Angeles Rams hosting the Cleveland Browns this weekend at SoFi Stadium for Week 13. The Cleveland Browns sitting with a 7-4 record. The Rams sitting at 5-6 right now and barely out of the playoffs. Just one game out of a playoff spot right now and officially creeping further and further away from that potential number one overall pick that uh, some fans were uh, hoping that uh, the Rams would would uh, teeter towards. Uh, instead, though, uh, sitting more towards the uh, playoff race and uh, sitting kind of in the middle of the pack now as far as the draft position goes. I want to say that the Rams were sitting at about 13 right now, heading into Week 13, uh, but also that could be wrong because, well, I'll be honest, I don't really pay that much attention to that right now. I kind of just, once the season's over, it's like, oh, we're there? All right, cool. I don't got to know right now, and I don't need to know all the scenarios about uh, where the Rams could be drafting uh, going into Week 13 against the Cleveland Browns. This game kicks off at 1.25 p.m. on Fox uh, from SoFi Stadium. We get Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez on the call. They will be in the booth. And uh, typically, this is paired with Laura Oakman. But I will, uh, as you will see as we continue here, the page that I normally go to for a lot of my information is currently down right now. So I believe it'll be Laura Oakman on the sideline. Uh, that is standard that they keep crews together for the whole season. Uh, but that is, of course, uh, not confirmed officially. If you're a better for this game, the Rams sitting at minus three and a half. And uh, that's pretty solid. I mean, sitting with a five and six record hosting a seven and four team and you get that three and a half. That is pretty good to see Rams money line minus 178. So uh, Vegas feeling pretty good about the Rams. Got to love that. And the over under sitting at a 39 and a half. And I got to say, with uh, these two offenses and these two defenses, I'm hammering the under on that one. 39 and a half does feel like it's a little bit too high. I would put it a little bit closer to that 34 range if uh, I was Vegas. But although I am not Vegas, <laughs> I'm just trying to, to get money from it. Uh, the Rams also partnering with One Piece for this game. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. Totally real here. And uh, this is not for me to try to sound cool or anything. I don't really understand what's happening. Okay, so I do know that there's some kind of partnership here. I don't even really understand what One Piece is. I do know that it's an anime and that it's been on for quite a long time. That is the extent of my knowledge on this. And uh, I will take no further questions on it because I don't really understand it. Okay, but it is super cool. And uh, with it being an anime, being something that um, I, I'm, I'm assuming that more children are, are geared towards, that this is actually the kind of the, the perfect kind of thing to get that younger generation interested in your team. And I love to see that kind of stuff. Like uh, it's like the, um, the, like the whole Taylor Swift thing. And I know that that just turned off a bunch of people listening to me, but I will say that I think it's really cool to introduce more fan bases 
into the, the to the sport that we all love, that we all watch and absolutely are are here for. So if you happen to be a One Piece fan who is watching this game because of this connection, or you happen to be a Taylor Swift fan who's only watching football because that now she's kind of tied in with that, um, I'm all for that. And I think that that's absolutely awesome because what happens if one of these people only are watching because of something else, something unrelated that happens to just tie in for football for a couple of weeks or so, or one week like this One Piece deal is, and instead... Uh, they find out that they absolutely love this game and they stick around for the long term. That's kind of the hope, right? And uh, I'm all for that, for sure. So the Rams coming off of back-to-back wins over division opponents, which uh, is super, super sick to sweep two bird teams, sweep two division teams. Sandwiched in there was Thanksgiving. It just seems so fitting that the Rams were able to uh, take over the Seahawks and the Cardinals and uh, clinch a winning division record on the season. But that's absolutely awesome. So, of course, though, clinching a division, uh, a winning division record this season, the Rams are now sitting at 4-1 and one in division, 1-5 and five outside of the division, with their only outside of the division win coming in Indianapolis against the Colts, that game that went to overtime where we needed Puka Nakua to score his first-ever career touchdown to get the win. Rams just also one and two against AFC opponents so far this year. So would love to bump that back up to 500 and just kind of narrow that gap a little bit. Cause right now seems like the Rams are having some, some success in division. And uh, yes, that uh, 49ers game, although that the Rams did lose that, it was just a seven point game. You got to consider that. Of course, also we can go further in and say that uh, that field goal at the end to try to push it to a seven point game, try to do the onside kick that it was more realistically a 10 point game. But either way, the score at the end uh, said a seven-point difference, so that's pretty good news. Uh, but uh, four and one record, like I said, in division, there's just one more division game to go. That will be San Francisco in San Francisco in Week 18. So we do have a few more weeks until we have to worry about that. But of course, this Rams team right now, we're feeling good about it, right? But I said it in the bye week: is that uh, like the the Rams had already beaten the Seahawks, already beaten the Cardinals. It's not unrealistic to win those two games, sit at five and six, and be having playoff conversations. Well, that brings us to today, which is exactly where we're at. In this game here, going against a very, very good defense in the Cleveland Browns, and uh, a situation where the Browns are still fighting for their lives as well, still trying to fight and battle for division against the team that will play next week. So there's a lot of moving pieces in this in this right now. And if the Rams want to be a true contender, a true team, that uh, can be looked at as a legitimate playoff option and threat, then this is a game you have to win. You're at home against a Browns team that is potentially down to a third quarterback. You have to come out on top and win this game. Even if DTR does play, you still need to win this game. So the Browns, they have been playing really well. They're playing some really good football, especially on the defensive side. But when you might play Joe Flacco, you can't lose that game. All right. Because if DTR can't go, Joe Flacco's playing. In DTR or Joe Flacco, you got to win. You have to win this game if you want to be taken serious, all right? And um, uh, it's just a shorthanded team. Like Joe Flacco being expected to take snaps for the Browns if, if DTR can't go. I mean, that's not good if you're a Browns fan. I know, I know that much. But uh, at the same time, I, like I said, it's, uh, it's that time of the year where where everybody's a little bit more beat up than you would hope that you are. And uh, the Rams absolutely have to take advantage of this game in this offense. And it's a, it's a good defense that we're playing, uh, but hopefully what would be happening here is that uh, you can get 
get enough or like lower their offense enough to to hold their offense back enough sorry i'm trying to like keep my eyes on this game and also talk and that's a bad idea i'm going to stop that all right so uh but hold their offense enough so that your offense can just put up enough points to win the game get out of the game right you just want you just need to win and move on that's the ultimate goal here let's take a look at the matchup here so this is the rams offense against the round the browns defense and uh, the Rams offense sitting uh, middle of the pack right now, putting up just under 356 a game in total yards. The Browns off, uh, defense first in the NFL, giving up under 270 a game. That is absolutely nuts. And uh, passing the football, the Rams are 14th, putting up 226.6. Browns defense first in the NFL against the pass, only 142 a game given up. And running the football, the Rams are putting up 114. That is tied for 14th in the NFL. And uh, the Browns' defense is giving up just under 106 a game. That is 12th in the NFL. Their only real true weak spot, but it's still top 12 uh, grouping there. And uh, points being scored, the Rams putting up just over 21 a game. That is 16th in the NFL. And the Browns' defense giving up 19 a game. That is 7th in the NFL. So the Browns' defense ranks near the top in just about all things that are important, which is uh, obviously critical. And that's how you get the number one ranked defense Coming into week 13, that is definitely not a bad thing for the Browns. Uh, offense, though, for the Rams, definitely a different animal when Kyron Williams is on the field. So having him back uh, for last week, you could tell there was a massive shift in the way that the Rams offense is able to operate. And it's not that Daryl Henderson's a bad running back. It's not that, that Royce Freeman can't handle the load. It's that Kyron Williams is a different kind of beast. And when you get him on the on the field and he's like in his rhythm, like he clearly was against the Cardinals, then you have some really good stuff going for you. And it opens up a lot more of your offensive playbook. Rams offensive line definitely has their hands full this week. But with some protection, I do feel like the Rams could exploit this defense because the Rams have a lot of playmakers. And I know that the, the Browns also have a lot of playmakers in the secondary. But when you get a Cooper Cup rolling, and he hasn't in the last few weeks, so let's see if he can kind of get that going. Puka Nakua, who's obviously been unbelievable this year. Tutu Atwell, who is definitely having a, his best career season by far, although I would like to see a little bit more consistency from Tutu, but then you add in Ky Kyron Williams, Tyler Higby, who's coming off of a big day. The Rams do have enough weapons to exploit this secondary for sure. And uh, the Browns defense, like I said, no joke at all. These rankings are not bogus. They are playing some very good football. This might be the Rams' biggest offensive test of the year so far. But it does help a lot that the Rams are pretty much officially healthy right now. You take away the bumps and bruises that you have with like a Cooper Cup ankle and uh, some some issues like that. Kyron Williams obviously just coming back from uh, uh, from IR. You got Tyler Higby who's been dealing with something all year. Matthew Stafford, who's just like basically an old man, is going to be always a little bit beat up, but he's okay, you know what I mean? But like, either way, I mean, the Rams are as healthy as I think you can be entering week 13, and that's very good news. But the game plan here, that is going to be the most important part of this whole game, is the game plan against a Jim Schwartz defense that is absolutely critical. So we'd obviously love to see a little bit of that McVay genius brain come out a little bit in this week. Uh, but it also does help that uh, Jim Schwartz was the head coach for Matthew Stafford in Detroit. So maybe some game planning there uh, will be a little bit easier. Maybe there's some good conversations going on right now in those meeting rooms about how to defeat this very, very talented defense. Your three to see on the offensive side. We're going to go ahead and start with Kyron Williams, who is an extremely easy pick. He is an extremely easy one to pencil in as a three to see. Definitely on the offensive side here. 
Uh, but it's just different. Like I said, it, the, the offense is different when Kyron Williams is on the field. Channeling his inner Steven Jackson and getting those production levels up is absolutely huge right now for this Rams offense. Getting rolling against the Browns is definitely critical, especially because of the way that the Browns defense is set up. 12th against the run, first against the pass. So if you can make them think that, or not only think, but also you are just attacking them on the ground, but them also think that you're going to hit it maybe a little bit heavier with Kyron Williams, maybe that'll open up some play action. So to get him rolling, to get that at least, that, that part of the Rams game in motion is going to be absolutely huge. So Kyron Williams getting getting going will be the first domino kicked over into the entire Rams offense being able to get rolling, which brings us into Matthew Stafford. We just watched Matthew Stafford have his his best day of the of the year so far against the Cardinals. And if the Rams are going to be a team to make the, a push for the playoffs and actually be a legitimate contender, contender, we will see that continue in a game like this. Even against a very, very good defense, you have to be able to find a way. So the Rams entering week 13 healthy. That's kind of wild, of course. Uh, but a nice relaxed day from Stafford where he's not forcing the football and he's just kind of reading it and getting it out to, into the hands of his playmakers uh, who can definitely do the real damage. You see what Cooper Cup, uh, Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua, what these guys can do when the ball's in their hands. So that is step one. Get the ball into their hands. Let them do playmaker stuff out there uh so yeah just matthew stafford just needs to relax take a breath and just deliver the ball and just not force it because you see you start forcing balls against this browns secondary you're gonna have a bad time all right and then next up we're gonna go with tyler higby like clockwork if i say that it's maybe a time for a player to take a bit of a back seat and let's see what some other guys have that player that i said should uh maybe step back a little bit has an unbelievable game that's just the way it is the second I put out a video called Tutu Atwell is a bust, he scored that deep touchdown against the Saints last year, and it's like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> uh, but uh, Higby, of course, doing the same. Uh, he had an unbelievable week last week, so if he can get a, a repeat, that would be obviously awesome. Uh, but uh, off of his easy best day of his year and uh, reaching new milestones as well uh, with, with, with what he was able to do against the Cardinals is a uh, pretty sweet stuff. So a big repeat out of big rig should be just another reason for Rams to have some Rams fans to have some confidence as we uh, enter the stretch here. So if he can have that again, that would be a reason for your eyebrows to maybe raise an elevation uh, with some confidence and maybe some curiosity about what this team could be potentially doing as uh, we head into the stretch of the season. We're into uh, officially going to be December now. So, yeah, this is it. This is time to buckle it down and uh, start rolling. So uh, the December wins are absolutely huge. Obviously, the Rams just got one of their first November wins in quite a while. Uh, but uh, December wins, if you want to win in uh, in any playoff setting or, or any kind of racing, anything like that, uh, December wins are obviously just a mandatory. You don't lose in December and good things happen to your football team. That's just not the way it is. So big, big game for uh, the Rams this weekend as uh, we crack into December. So uh, let's go to the other side of the ball here. We have the Browns offense against the Rams defense. Uh, so the Browns offense, uh, lower half of the pack right now. They are 19th in the NFL, giving up, or putting up just over 341 a game. Rams defense, middle of the pack, uh, giving up just over 347 a game. That's in total yards. Passing the ball, the, the Browns 27th in the league, 
just a little over 181. I don't expect that those numbers would continue to climb uh, simply because of the uh, the quarterback issues that uh, that team is seeing. Uh, Rams secondary, uh, Rams pass defense, uh, just under 218 a game. That is 14th in the NFL. Uh, but these last two weeks have been playing very, very good football. So we, uh, look for that number to uh, keep on improving towards the Rams side here. Running the football, this is where the Browns really make their money. They're putting up almost 140 a game. The Rams defense giving up over 113 a game. That is 18th in the league, but the Browns offense that is third in the league. And uh, points being scored, just under 22 for the Browns, while the Rams are giving up just over 21 a game. As tied for 16th for the Rams uh, defense and uh, 15th for the Browns offense. Rams secondary has truly been on fire for these last two weeks. I think that, that is a very important matchup in this game. And uh, leading the league in uh, passes defended in the previous two weeks, I believe it was 17 in the last two weeks, which is unbelievable. Jordan Fuller off of his big day uh, last week against the Cardinals as well. So that's obviously good to see. Secondary, though, has been all over the place. You absolutely love to see that. The Rams uh, front and being able to confuse the Browns signal caller this week is going to be an absolutely massive thing as well. So getting a little bit of a mix up in there and, and just whoever it happens to be, if it's if it's DTR, if it's Joe Flacco, I mean, both have their their weaknesses in terms of either experience or abilities right now. So you should be able to take advantage of either of those and confusing them is going to be huge. But that Browns offensive line, definitely not bad at all. But they have not had to deal with an Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner. Turner, again, keeps getting better every single time he touches the football field. Ernest Jones uh, getting the rushers and coverage guys on the same page is going to be a massive one for this week as well, as it typically is. Uh, but going against, uh, if it is going to be the rookie quarterback, and, and I, we really don't know. I mean, uh, it's a concussion protocol situation for DTR. So we don't know if uh, he's going to be good to go or not. So I'm, I'm very much like talking like either one of these guys could be playing. DTR or Joe Flacco could be playing in this game for sure. Uh, but with that new emotion coming from this Rams defense the previous few weeks, this could be a really good opportunity uh, for the Rams defense to have a really big day. And maybe the best opportunity to date for this Rams defense to have a big day because they do seem to be kind of wiggling into their own right now. Even uh, Darian Kendrick's playing really well right now after his uh, his issues earlier in the season. It seems like everybody's kind of starting to find their rhythm right now on this defensive side, and that's obviously extremely good news. Your three to see on the defensive side, we're going to go ahead and start with Ernest Jones, who was a very easy pencil in for the three to see, but Jones proving to be an absolute staple in this defense. He's becoming a pillar of this team right now, and uh, this is the kind of game that could, the, the, having another another one of those Ernest Jones days, well, that just uh, that drives that cement a little bit more into being one of those pillars, to being one of those very critical just people in this team. Uh, just one of those guys that uh, that we have to have out there, you know, and uh, yeah, just getting guys on the right spots and uh, what will be either an inexperienced quarterback in DTR or an aging veteran in Joe Flacco. That could be enough to have a really, really big day for this Rams defense. Next up, we're going to go with Jordan Fuller coming off of one of his best days. Fuller has quietly been having probably his best career season. With weapons, though, like Amari Cooper, Marquise Goodwin, and Elijah Moore, Rams secondary definitely has plenty of guys to watch for. But the experience of somebody like Fuller on the back end should give fans some confidence that at least we won't get beat over the top. And we have seen an increase 
uh, seems like weekly on John Johnson's reps as well. So Fuller and Johnson in the in the backfield covering deep. There's just something about that that it just feels so unstoppable to me because Jordan Fuller was the reason that I was okay with emotionally, I guess, because I like I didn't make any choices here. I don't choose who stays and who goes. But Jordan Fuller's existence was why I was okay with John Johnson originally leaving because it was like, well, at least we got Fuller who kind of slips into that role a little bit. But having them both on the field at the same time makes this defense very exciting. And last in our three to see, we're going to go with Kobe Turner. Uh, officially a guy who's taking advantage of having a monster like AD on the field right next to him, the conductor. He's getting better every single week, and uh, he's getting past his initial blocks faster and faster every single week. Honorable mention, of course, uh, goes to Byron Young, who is also playing great ball. But Turner, I think that he's just taking very noticeable leaps week in and week out. Like, think back to um, even just, like, we could go... Uh, against Indianapolis or something like that. So one of those early season games where we can think of uh, Kobe Turner, he is dramatically better today than he was back then. And that's obviously exactly what you want to see out of your uh, out of your rookies, to see them get better and better and better every single week. And not only better and better and better every single week, but like we can see it happen. We're watching it happen right in front of us. We can see that Kobe Turner is, he was better in this game uh, against the Cardinals than he was against the Seahawks than than he was against the Packers. You know what I mean? Like he's he's getting that much better every single week. Where every single time he touches the football field, we can actively see that he's better at the game of football, and that is something that is so hard to find and so rare to see. So uh, Kobe Turner's ceiling, we don't know where where this train ends. Is it kind of like a Willy Wonka elevator ride? We don't know. We don't know if it's just gonna come crashing through, and he's gonna be like an all-time great, but he is off to a killer start and uh, definitely taking full advantage of having Donald right next to him. Let's change gears here into looking at uh, some milestones. So uh, my sheet uh, that I normally look at for a lot of this information is currently down, but I was able to do enough uh, research to, I think, um, kind of hold it down here. So Matthew Stafford did reach 11th all-time in passing touchdowns. He did pass Fran Tarkenton. And he does need 20 to tie Eli Manning for 10th all-time. With uh, not as many games uh, to go on the season, it was at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 games to go. Uh, that, well, that'd be pretty tough to hit the, the 20, but we are still, uh, of course, hoping that we, we see that happen uh, for Matthew Stafford. He does need uh, 2,452 yards to tie Eli Manning for 10th all-time in all-time passing yards. And uh, does need 429 passing yards to reach 55,000 all time. So 429, that is something we should see here uh, within the next few weeks. If not this week, that'd be a pretty big day for Stafford, um, especially right now in his career. uh, But definitely not impossible. Moving on to Aaron Donald. Uh, So he does need three tackles for a loss to tie Julius Peppers for third all time. He is 30 away from the all-time record, which is currently held by Terrell Suggs. Uh, Aaron Donald needs one sack to pass, or to, excuse me, to tie Greg Townsend for 41st all-time. He needs two and a half sacks to tie Randy White for 40th all-time, and three and a half sacks to tie Chandler Jones and Justin Houston, who are currently still playing, as well as Lyle Alzado for 37th all-time. Quick sidebar note on Lyle Alzado, uh, one of my all-time favorite NFL stories. My grandma 
who I've actually talked about. I've told this story on the show before. My grandma was a absolutely huge Denver Broncos fan. I've got so much of her memorabilia sitting here uh, with me in my my studio right now. Uh, but uh, she was so mad at Lyle Alzado for signing with the Raiders after being a Bronco that uh, when her and my uncle, um, who was also unfortunately passed, well, they were out at the L.A. Coliseum watching the uh, Broncos and Raiders, and my grandma starts just yelling crazy obscenities and stuff at, at Lyle Alzado, which is definitely not out of the ordinary. If you knew her, you're like, yeah, that checks out. But then uh, Lyle Alzado tried to enter the stands to fight my grandma. That's one of my all-time favorite football stories, and uh, if you can top that, feel free to try, dude, because that is so sick. It also helps a lot that it is my grandma and that I do know her and and uh, that it totally checks out that Lyle Alzado, yeah, tried to fight my grandma. That is the short version of my all-time favorite football story. Moving on, uh, Tyler Higby. He did reach 10th all-time in receiving touchdowns in franchise history, which is super, super cool stuff. And uh, there was some confusion on uh, my part, I suppose, uh, as um, I've been talking about him reaching top 10 in franchise history all time this whole season. And then he did, and the Rams uh, PR team on uh, on X did say that he's now 15th, which does not add up in my numbers, and I'm going to still say 10th. Uh, so if uh, there's some other numbers that I'm not looking at here, forgive me. Pukunakua does need one yard, one receiving yard, to break the Rams' record for receiving yards by a rookie. That is, he is currently tied with Eddie Kennison's 1996 record. And so, yes, he is right around the corner and 76 yards away from becoming the first Rams rookie to ever reach 1,000 receiving yards, which is unbelievable to know, first of all, that the Rams have never had a rookie 1,000-yard receiver, considering the incredible rookie wide receivers that the Rams have had over their time. Uh, but also, that Pukunakua going to be the first one and uh, almost assuredly will break this record, right? He needs just one yard to pass Eddie Kennison. And uh, currently, by the way, his 924 is uh, currently 8th in the NFL, and that's amongst all players, not just rookies. Let's take a look at the history of this matchup. The Rams do lead the all-time series 13-11, and 11, making this the 25th all-time meeting between these two franchises. The most recent game came on September 22nd of 2019. Uh, 2019. Remember 2019? Before the world was terrible. <laughs> the Rams won that game 20-13. Uh, the Rams have won the last three against the Cleveland Browns. The last Browns win coming on October 28th of 2007. That was a 20-27 Cleveland win. Uh, that was Mark Bolger. Steven Jackson scored a touchdown. Torrey Holt caught a short touchdown, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that was the only uh, Browns win over the St. Louis Rams. Only one win for the Browns over the Rams during the entire time in St. Louis. First ever meeting between these two came on Christmas Eve of 1950. That was a 28-30 to win for Cleveland. The Rams did, of course, start their history in Cleveland, left and became the L.A. Rams, and the Browns' history is a little bit fractured, as the Browns did, of course, leave for Baltimore to become the Ravens, and uh, then uh, the new Browns took over the original Browns' history from the Ravens, so officially counts as just that one franchise that never relocated but we all know the truth. We all know that you're not the real Browns. You're the fake Browns. You're the, you're the, the new Browns. Gross. Um, anyway, uh, connections here. Uh, this is also a, a one that I had a very tough time on because of the pages that I look at. And I'm looking at you, Rams media department, uh, cutting me off of my, my, my info here. 
Uh, that's all good, though. But I was able to kind of look at the rosters here and kind of do some uh, some digging myself. Uh, so on the uh, Ra or on the Browns, excuse me, former Rams, we do have punter Corey Bohorquez and uh, linebacker Obo Okoronkwo, Obanya Okoronkwo, who is, uh, of course, a former uh, draft pick of OU for the LA Rams. John Johnson did play for the Browns for just a bit. Um, and then uh, Matthew Stafford played under Jim Schwartz in Detroit. So that, I think, really could be. I, I, I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but that really could be an underrated connection in this game. And I think that is ac actually pretty important that the, uh, the, the brains of uh, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay get to go against uh, uh, the, the defense of a Jim Schwartz, which I do think is a favorable matchup. I'll be honest here. I, I know that the, the Browns rankings and all that stuff, they say one thing. But if, if you give me McVeigh versus Jim Schwartz, yo, give me McVeigh on that one. And then also, I was just kind of, as I'm digging through, I'm just kind of peeking at coaches' names and, and, and the rosters and all that stuff. Now, of course, we had John Kelly, a former, former Rams running back, uh, onto the practice squad of Cleveland. Uh, but one name that popped out to me was uh, Bill Musgrave. He is a senior offensive assistant, and uh, this is actually the the only, this is a Sheriff Joe Bags connection here. As uh, my dad went to high school with Bill Musgrave, and uh, that was also Musgrave is the reason that I have what is like I think it's five five degrees from every uh, current Rams player and or person in the in the building uh, because um, my dad knows Bill Musgrave. They went to high school together. Bill Musgrave was the backup quarterback behind Joe Montana and Steve Young in San Francisco, which was the team run by John McVay, Sean McVay's grandpa. So uh, that is my uh, connection here. Uh, so to my dad, to Bill Musgrave, to the 49ers, essentially, and John McVay, to McVay, to Sean McVay, our McVay, <laughs> and, and then into uh, the world of uh, the entire Rams whole world, I guess, as uh, is, is the way to put that. That's not the way to put that. But uh, again, uh, this is surgery week. I'm still having a bit of a tough time. All right. Can you leave me <laughs> a little bit? Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool stuff. All right. So again, Cleveland Ram Cleveland Browns. Oh, my gosh. Uh, at the Los Angeles Rams this coming Sunday, SoFi Stadium, 125 p.m. kickoff time. And uh, this should be a fun one. Uh, big test for this Rams offense for sure. And uh, this this Rams offense has has definitely not gone against a team I would say that's uh, this problematic uh, on the on the defensive side in the Cleveland Browns. But there's something about this matchup, like I said, that I actually like. And maybe me saying that is exactly the reason the Rams will lose by 40. But I also don't think that that's totally true. I also don't believe in like jinxes and stuff like that. And I realize that even me saying that, some of you are freaking out, <laughs> and and that makes me kind of smile actually. So that's fine. Uh, but if I had to give a prediction on this game, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think that the Rams' offense will do more than the Browns' offense. So, I, you know what? I am not opposed to seeing this, or I, I guess, I don't, I don't know, opposed. I, I'm not opposed to seeing a 2 nothing game. I don't care how much the Rams score as long as it's more than the Browns. But uh, I could realistically see like a real like a 17-6 to game coming out of this one. Uh, that feels very real to me uh, when we're looking at uh, this matchup specifically because the Browns, not a bad football team at all, and beating or losing to the Browns is definitely not something that you should, uh, like, that you should take as like a like. If you lose to the Browns, you shouldn't be like, oh, our season's over. We lost to the Browns because they're a very good football team. But also beating the Browns with a backup quarterback situation, the DTR Joe Flacco situation, it is also a team you have to beat. 
If you want to be taken serious, you absolutely have to beat this team. So again, we are not doing a video version of uh, the game preview. Just please hang tight with me as I kind of recover and uh, deal with all this stuff. This is my first ever surgery, so um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling okay. Um, but uh, I went back to work today officially, so uh, we are at least uh, living a little bit of a normal life. <laughs> but I'll be back to full swing next week, and uh, that is the plan to get the video version back up and running next week when the Rams do take on the Baltimore Ravens. That also being said, I do have um, uh, one of my one of my good friends. He goes by Mystic. Uh, he um, is a Ravens fan, so uh, we've been planning on uh, getting together for this game to do something uh, as far as the conversation goes. So uh, look for that as well, which also might impact the uh, Ram Showcase live schedule. But again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. I'm uh, kind of uh, getting into the weeds on my scheduling just a bit. Uh, so uh, Ram Showcase socials is where I'm going to try to keep as updated as I possibly can. Uh, so keep up there. Uh, but other than that, uh, that's your game preview. Cleveland Browns at Los Angeles Rams. Coming up on the other side of this, we will go into our fan quesos, which I should have looked at ahead of time. You never know what you're going to get when I have no idea what's coming. That's on the other side right here at Ram Showcase. All right, let's go ahead and dive into our fan quesos here. So uh, first one, we'll start over on Facebook. And uh, first one here come from Tyler. Potty Mouth Tyler, as you might. Oh, wait, was that Potty Mouth Cody? Who was here? I don't know. Either way, one of the, you know what? They're both probably potty mouths. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm splitting here, hairs here. <laughs> They're both probably potty mouths. Anyway, Tyler, uh, where do you see the Rams ending the season at this point? And do you see us going on a roll or stopped in our place? You know what, man? That's a great question. And I, I know that uh, coming off of these two wins right now, uh, Rams fans are probably sitting pretty confident right now, sitting in a situation where we feel like we can uh, close out the season in this same realm, right? But again, I talked about it in the, into the bye week and uh, going into these last two games. That these are two teams that the Rams have already beaten before and beaten handily. Like beat beat the the like the butt cheeks off of both of them earlier in the season. And to to play them again, obviously the Seahawks at home, Arizona on the road is not much of a of a of a task, a, a tough task, I should say. Um, it's it's very much one of those things that like I. I also I never hear anybody talk about how the Rams fans absolutely blow that place out every every year, um, but because uh, it doesn't really matter. But uh, to to come off of these two games, that doesn't really tell us everything. That that did, these last two games are not season defining. What I will say is I think our next three are uh, we have the the Browns, the Ravens, and the Commanders. So a Browns team with a backup quarterback, you should absolutely win that game. The Ravens, that's going to be one hell of a matchup realistically you lose that game but obviously you want to win it it's an early kickoff game in baltimore those are super tough for the rams we know that and then you come back against the commanders uh stay home against the saints then you're at the, the giants and then you finish up uh in san fran so i mean i i think that coming up right now is where we're really going to see what this team is really made out of and uh where do i see this team ending at this point i mean realistically man uh, like and i know some fans might hate this or something but like i i could see this team going three and three throughout the stretch uh, i don't think that, that would be super crazy at all to see an eight and nine finish i don't think that that's that's nuts i also don't think that's that bad that bad all right so we're already at our win total from last year 
And we knew that coming into this year, this wasn't going to be the year, right? We knew that coming in, this wasn't going to be a year where the Rams are just like making a huge push. We're selling out. We're signing Eric Weddle and OBJ and Von Miller. Like we knew that wasn't going to be this kind of season, right? But we've already tied our win total from last year. We knew that it was eat cap, develop youth season. And we're, we're, we feel pretty good that we'll get to more wins than we did last year, right? Because we're already there now with six games to go with some duds on the schedule, like the Commanders, Saints, Giants. I mean, realistically, this team's going to win more games than it did last year. And I already think that's a massive win. I think that when you look at the, when you zoom out a little bit and take out those emotions of like, can we make the playoffs or can we get a top five pick? When you take out those emotions to zoom out and say like, man, this team sitting at five and six heading into week 13 is actually pretty sick, especially considering five win team last year. So where do I see this team ending? I think that this team can make the playoffs, but realistically, I do find us missing just barely being that that eight or nine seed being out of the playoffs. Although I'm not rooting for that, but that is kind of where I'm kind of ballparking this Rams team. This team has been very young, very, very prone to mistakes from the youth. And I don't think that we're through that yet. We're not just like now all of a sudden because we've been playing some really, really good football in fairness especially on the defensive side, I don't think that that's enough to say that like, yeah, it's like, we're, we're good now. We're like we're, we're going to shut everybody down. We're going to get some teams, have some sick game plans against us. Some, some teams that confuse our secondary. So, I mean, just the way it's going to happen. So do I see us going on a roll or being stopped in our place? I don't think either really. I think that we are about what we are right now. And uh, coming off of this, this, uh, this uh, Cardinals win, I think is is huge. It's it's definitely it definitely feels good. And to get to six and six would be incredible. And maybe I would have a different answer if this team gets to six and six. And it's not that I don't think that we're gonna lose to the Browns. It's that I think that we'll see some things in this game to say, like, oh, we're not a Super Bowl team, but we are pretty good at football. And I think that, that for this season, the 2023 season, where it was a eat dead cap and develop your youth, I think that's okay. I really do, especially going into next year when we have a buttload of dollar bills to spend and uh, uh, so, some and a first round pick finally for the first time in a long time. That's actually right now my new my new favorite thing to ask to strangers is uh, tell me the last Rams first round pick. Nobody ever gets Jared Goff. I know we all do because we're very in tune, but um, nobody ever does. Uh, let's see here. Next one here coming from Gary. Does Cup still have trade value uh, this offseason? Um, yeah, absolutely. He does. Uh, he's still known as one of the guys, one of those top guys that can do it. And I, I think that this conversation specifically Gary, because when, when you bring up, like, maybe we should trade Cooper cup, people lose their minds. And I said it a couple of years ago, this is before the 21 season that if we're going to trade a guy, it should be a guy like cup who's got mad potential, but he's rarely out on the field. He's been, you know, like he's really good when he's out there, but the best ability is availability, and we've had some issues with that. He's had one, count them, one fully healthy seasons. We do know that that season was unbelievable. I mean, he triple crown Super Bowl MVP season, one of the best wide receiver seasons, if not the best wide receiver season this league has ever seen. But that alone, two years ago, does not mean that we need to to uh, necessarily like dig our heels in and be like, no, we can't get rid of him because he was capable of that two years ago. So I do think that there is some trade value there. And I do think that that is something that the Rams should explore and see what is available out there. And I also don't think this is something that the Rams fans, that if this is something that happens, that Rams fans should just completely disregard and, and say is a bad move no matter what. Because we don't, 
know that, you know, and with the emergence of a Puka Nakua, with Tutu Atwell playing playing better, Demarcus Robinson's get a little bit more involved in the offense. He's looking good. Austin Trammell's looking solid in the offense. Cooper Cup is a little bit more expendable these days. And I'm not saying that I want Cooper Cup gone. I'm not saying that I'd be happy to see him get traded. I'm just saying it does kind of make sense at this point of his career and what his entire career in, in its entirety has looked like. It would not blow my mind off if the Rams did make a move for Cooper Cup. Next one here coming from Cody, another potty mouth. Uh, how worried are you about our offensive line holding up versus Miles Garrett and company? Worry is not something I do about this team anymore. Um, I just watch because uh, well, because I, I can't control anything. And also, AJ Jackson, pretty damn good. And uh, he's kind of, he's been up and down this year in fairness. Him and uh, Steve Avila, uh, that, that left side has, has seen its ups and downs. But right now, feels like it's a, again a little bit more on an upswing so I, I like that trend as we go into this game especially considering that uh that uh miles garrett has not been practicing let me take a quick peek here at the injury report one more time uh to see because i i believe he was back no he is not back still so they're still saying rest uh shoulder and that's for his thursday practice so did not practice uh on this day as well so we'll see how uh, how that kind of shake up shakes up but he is a little bit hobbled right now, so I think that that does at least help the Rams at least a skosh, you know? Oh, snap. I just see one of my new favorite bands just uh, released a new song. I'm going to check that out after I'm done recording, but I need to first get done recording. All right, so let's get over to the YouTube channel here. And uh, we'll start with we'll start with Mike, then we'll wrap up with Payo time here. It says, uh, will Tutu score against the Browns on Sunday? Damn, Mike. Good question. I, ho- I hope so, dude. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I, I say, I hope so. I, I don't care who scores as long as they got horns on their helmets and not those dumb Vikings horns, like the real ones, because, um, yeah, I'm not a big fantasy guy or anything like that. Uh, but as far as like two, two at well in this game specifically, I do think that the, the Browns will be a lot focused on Puka Nakua and Cooper cup. So I do think that there is potential for two, two at well to kind of sneak in there. We saw that last week as well. That first catch that he had on that first drive, that deep ball down to the right side, um, when that ball was thrown and watching Tutu Atwell even run, it looked like he was slowing down and uh, to get the ball. And that's not the part that got me. The part that got me was that he slowed down and shielded off the defender using his body. Using Tutu Atwell's body, Tutu Atwell shielded somebody. Do you realize how impressive that is? Dude's built like me. That's insane. To be able to use that frame to shield off a defender and catch the football on a deep ball, hell yes, Tutu. That had me fired up. I was absolutely, I was, I was absolutely losing my mind on that one. So uh, Tutu Atwell uh, definitely coming into his own. And I'll be honest. All right, so I did that video last year. I said uh, the, the title, I tried to make it as, as, as blatant as I could. I said, LA Rams wide receiver Tutu Atwell is a bust. All right. And then I saw like his podcast where I'll be honest, I don't know if you watched it or not. But I think he did. <laughs> but I'll tell you this now, too. That I got a Tutu Atwell jersey in the mail. I ordered myself one because uh, I, I feel like that's that's the least that I could do for uh, calling out somebody on my own team saying, like, this guy sucks. This guy is a bummer. Get this guy out of here. He is a bust. And then he comes in the next year looking good, looking motivated, looking focused, looking fast, looking hungry. And... For that reason, that's why I snagged his jersey because I absolutely love that man. If I if I call somebody out and say that they're absolutely terrible, they they're never going to be worth anything, and then they prove it wrong, 
and I'm, he doesn't have anything to prove to me. I'm a dude right now talking in his living room with his cat looking at him uh, about the Rams, all right? So, yeah, Tutu has nothing to prove to me, but the fact that he t he takes that kind of thing and, and translated it into success is absolutely awesome. But now what I don't want to happen is Tutu Atwell to be like, oh, people think you like this stuff, guys? Like, And then he just like, he's the same guy forever. So maybe, maybe we all need to collectively agree <laughs> that we're going to trash Tutu and, and with the hopes that he does awesome. It's like tough parenting, right? There's, got, there's something in there. There's some psychology in there. <laughs> but I am now a 2-2 fan. And I do hope he scores on, on Sunday against the, the Browns. I think that'd be awesome, man. We do the whole 2-2 train celebration. You know, you, you pull the horn, 2-2, two, 2-2. Two, two, two. That's uh, the 2-2 two, two train. So join up, man. Every time he catches a football, you all of us out in Colorado, we are, we're blowing the horn on the 2-2 two, two train. Good stuff. And our last view coming here from Peo, and then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, first one here is going to come from uh, oh, from Peo. Uh, it's, uh, what are your thoughts on Austin Trammell this season on special teams? I like him, but I still miss Brandon Powell. On special teams, I haven't got, it's so hard to form an opinion on Austin Trammell, dude. He's got like two returns, one's decent, like, you know. Um, I, I don't dislike Austin Trammell at all. I just don't think he's getting any opportunities. And I think our gunners are making him nervous. Uh, I will say, though, um, last week, uh, Tomlinson had uh, a play on on uh, being like the coverage for that, like trying to be a blocker on that, that I thought was unbelievable. I, I, I was hyping him up at the bar. I was like, yo, I was like, dang, dude, Tomlinson was on fire for that play. Like, I was I was hyping it. So uh, you love to see that kind of stuff man. just the way that he was able to control where that other guy was running. And, uh, and, and, and obviously allow Austin Trammell to catch a clean ball. I thought that was huge. So um, to say, though, Austin Trammell on special teams, yeah, Austin, I think it's, I, I would say that people would say that I don't pay enough attention if I say that he's doing even remotely close to what Brandon Powell did. Brandon Powell is much better <laughs> than Austin Trammell. No hate towards Austin Trammell. I like him, especially now he's popping up on offense a little bit. I'm actually kind of liking that, and I'm liking what he's able to bring to the offensive side. Uh, which is pretty cool stuff. But as far as like him as a returner, it's hard to form an opinion, dude. It's so hard to form an opinion. Uh, next up is uh, what is the worst loss in your time as a Rams fan outside of the two Super Bowl losses? Jets in 2019, some games from 09. Uh, 09, I, I would say no, because we knew that we were just terrible. So it's like you go into every game being like, I hope we can hold it to under 21 points. <laughs> you know, it was one of those. Um, the... Rams and Patriots in London, the one where uh, Chris Gibbons scored first and then and then the Patriots just did not let that go or something. Um that was pretty bad. Jets in 2019. That's that's up there, man. That's a bad game. Uh Packers game this year. That was one of the worst performances I've seen this this team pull off. Um 2018 against the Bears. That was pretty lame. Um trying to think back here. 2016 uh the Falcons at the Rams. I just remember Jared Goff. Just like, it was like, oh my God, what have we done? Like, it was one of those games where, like, this guy's supposed to be the guy and we gave up what? Oh no. <laughs> you know, but then obviously it worked out. But, like, it was one of those games where it was just really bad. I'm trying to think back to some older ones. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a kind of a tough one. Those are those are some good ones though in there as far as the, you're right the two Super Bowl losses definitely definitely up there that that second Patriots one man that one oh my gosh scoring three points three points 
Oh God, I still get frustrated. I've that's the only game I I because I regularly go back. I'll watch highlights. I'll watch game replays. I'll watch the the all twenty twos. I I that's a very regular thing in my life that I'll have the the game on more than once. That's Super Bowl fifty three only once. I have watched it live, and that is it. I haven't even watched replays of that game because I can't handle it. Um, so yeah, there's some options for you. Uh, next up from Payo Time, if Morris gets a head coach job this offseason and Brandon Staley gets fired from the Chargers, is he your top pick to be the Rams' new D.C.? You know what, man? I'm definitely not opposed to that one bit. Uh, Raheem Morris does feel like he could get a, a head coaching job this year. And uh, I'll be honest, I'll throw out my prediction right now. I think he gets the Raiders' job. Uh, but either way, I think that um, that Brandon Staley is also going to get fired, in fairness. Uh, so I do think that that would be a very strong pick. Although I don't want to, I'm no sleeping on uh, Aubrey Pleasant, dude. Um, I'm big, big fan of this guy. I think he's absolutely unbelievable. And maybe he's not going to be a defensive coordinator yet, but I do think he should be in those conversations very, very soon. Aubrey Pleasant is the man, and I don't care what any Packers or, uh, what was it, Lions fans have to say, all right, about my boy Aubrey Pleasant. That dude is an unbelievable coach unbelievable man and i want to see him as the rams dc sooner rather than later and if raheem morris gets a, a, a head coaching job my vote is aubrey pleasant and i'm 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 campaigning aubrey pleasant but if staley were to come back and get that job as long as aubrey pleasant sticks around i'm absolutely for it but to see aubrey pleasant back in the secondary i think that's why we're seeing jordan fuller have an incredible year i think that's why we're seeing russ east have an incredible year i think that's why we're seeing akella witherspoon show up and be incredible. I think that's why we're seeing this turnaround from Darian Kendrick after the stuff that he went through. I think that he's why, because Aubrey Pleasant is such a good coach, and I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. So I campaign for him all the time here on Rams Showcase because I never hear his name anywhere else. So Aubrey Pleasant for president. <laughs> you heard it here, man. But uh, yeah, Staley, I would definitely not be opposed to that, man. I really like the way that uh, Staley's defensive scheme was with the Rams specifically um but obviously it's not working out there but I also think that he might be one of those guys that like head coach is too far DC is where he needs to be so if that is the case bring them all back thank you for your fan quesos I genuinely appreciate that. that's one of my favorite things to do every week I'm glad that that was able to find its way back into the, the Rams showcase podcast but if you'd like to leave yours uh follow on uh YouTube and uh Facebook as well and uh, leave those comments there. You can also just message me on social medias if uh, you need to reach out to me that way to ask those questions. That's at Ram Showcase at Sheriff Joe Bags. RamShowcase.com. Click under that merch tab. That's where you snag your Ram Showcase t-shirts. And uh, did have a tough time last week with getting everything in as far as the game preview written forms and all that stuff. Uh, but again, it was surgery week, dude. Just leave me alone. All right, I'm doing my best here. I do this thing alone. So go <laughs> with Slack. Uh, but that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio, the fan-sided network, and Broad Street South. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening, and go Rams! Go Rams!